anchoring points for today's session to get us in the right frame of mind. The le five levels of listening. When I started realizing um, and knowing you to be able to trust. <laughs> and and it's it sounds like we've said about the age of eight. eight. That's something external. And you can't really learn the lessons. And you have to have a selected few, few people. If you're gonna cry, just if you're gonna so need to cry, cry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and share with someone in a vulnerable place. Super grateful to have my guest on. Good evening, everyone. Uh, meant to be 9 p.m. Your mental health um, little stream. You know, just having a little open conversation with our amazing guest today, Nabil. Thank you so much for joining us all the way from where in the world are you, my man? Uh, well, thanks for having me on. I'm in Mexico. I'm in uh, Playa del Carmen, which is on the east coast of Mexico, Quintana Roo. Yeah, so yeah, you're going to have to be like really sensitive when you when you're telling us about how amazing and sunny everything I is. Know. I know. I know. <laughs> Listen, I've got my twin brother still back in London. I lived with him. My family are in Ireland, so like you know, I understand that it. it is what it is. I, I just I got out. I'm here, and you know, I won't tell you that it's 30 degrees outside and that the beach is no, around. no, and 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 the the sea is crystal clear, and you know, yeah, you can leave all those details to our imagination. Yeah. Um, but as probably people can hear straight off the bat, you're not originally from Mexico. So my first question would be to you, um, Nabil, is to tell us a little bit about yourself, how we might know each other, have a little bit about your upbringing, anything yep. you think of note. Don't, don't be afraid to talk about yourself, any detail, your family, anything like that. You know, just it gives us a better understanding of how you formed the opinions that you have and, and how you found yourself at this point in your journey thus far. Yep. I'll give you a bit about my background and then you can kind of dissect it after if you like in the certain parts. But I mean, yeah, so my name is Nabil. I'm 34. Uh, I am half Irish, half Iraqi. So my mom is Irish. My dad's from Baghdad, from Iraq. Um, that's where I get the name and the, you know, the, the funny looks. But uh, so I am a breathwork coach. Also, uh, a normal fitness coach, as you know, where we know each other from. Um, uh, now, I'm an early stage founder of a, a founder of an early stage startup called Superhumans, which is a multi-channel breathwork platform. And what else to note for right now? I've been involved in mixed martial arts for for a number of years, so that's been a big part of my life. Um, and then, before all of this, I don't know if you know, but a lot of people where we used to work together at another space, which is, was a brilliant studio in London, we, we, we worked together. Um, I actually was a musician for, for 10 years. Uh, I actually was a musician since I was 11 or 12, but I was in a professional band for 10 years. Uh, and that was a whole other life. And I actually don't talk about it much at all. But we, we had quite a lot of good success, particularly in Ireland and the UK. And I got to live out a lot of my uh, dreams and childhood dreams of playing in front of you know huge amounts of people. and all that kind of good stuff. So that's what I did before I started getting into the well-being and the coaching and everything else, which has been really the last six years in London. So it's, yeah, it's a bit about me and um, yeah, dissect away. I mean, let's, let's maybe even rewind even further. So where, where did you, where did you grow up then? Did you grow up in Ireland? It's a bit messy. So I, I, I yeah, I did. I mean, I was born in London, actually. I was born in Ely. Okay. And uh, my, we kind of bounced around a little bit. And then my family, they moved uh, back to Ireland when maybe I was about seven, I think, or eight. And they decided to start a business back in Ireland. My mum's a nurse. And they decided to start this at 50 years old, you know, which is a lot of people, I think they tend to start to relax in their careers, maybe when they're at that age, you know, with mm. kids. And, but they wanted something more. They really wanted to try uh, create something that maybe they could help us with that down the line in life and it was a struggle uh, in the beginning they you know they, they took a loan of money from from you know brothers and family and it was a struggle when we first got there to to do all of that and then yeah I grew up in Ireland and I was <clears throat> I actually my mom's a nurse they built a nursing home so they got a loan to build wow. a nursing home yeah and they built it they had they bought a house and we lived in it and then the first patient lived in it so we used to have, share the same living room I'd be sitting in the living room with the first patient they had. It's probably highly illegal. I'm sure they might get in trouble for it, but whatever. 
And <laughs> I used to work in it because they didn't have money to to uh, to hire staff at the time. They needed someone who could, you know, I used to work in it. I used to do the night shifts for five, six years. And they wow. slowly built it up, built it up, built it up, built it up, uh, and just grafted, you know. And I, seeing them change careers at, at, at a later stage in life and graft like that definitely gave me a lot of confidence to to do what I've done in regards to, you know, a career that a passion I have with music and then start again and do something else and then now start again in terms of the business side of things. So, I uh, yeah, I draw a lot of inspiration from that. And my mom is like a, a hardened Irish mom, tiny. She rules the house. It's, she's got four boys in the house and she's the, she's the one that calls the shots. So, um, yeah, massive respect for her. And then, I, listen, Elliot, when I was about 11, I got a drum kit. And that's all I did and focused on until I was 27. Nothing else. Like, I didn't do school. I, I didn't do anything else. I just did music. Um, and when I was about 21 or two, I was in a band called The Fallen Drakes. And we, were, we had quite a lot of good success in Ireland and the UK, um, playing, like, all of the big arenas in, in, in Ireland. And, you know, we, we were on the radio all the time. And it was an amazing journey. But... Uh, like everybody in the arts, or, or it's it's a tough business to be in, right? Like it's mm. acting, music, anything. It's so so tough. There's a million factors why it might not work. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can get into all of that after, but that was kind of like my life growing up, moving to Ireland, uh, and then just getting into the music. You know, yeah, that that is super inspiring. That your um, your mom, for example, set up. You know had the courage to change and the courage to to go after something that she felt obviously clearly passionate about um, yeah. and, and do things on her own terms. Um, but I mean, so I understand why that's instilled such, you know, flexibility, malleability in yourself and, and not to be afraid to, you know, go for what you want in life, which is amazing. Like being able to follow your, your, your passions and stuff. Um, but I mean, the reality of, of living like that, also like with you know it's a nursing home you're also doing shifts like you during night shifts when I'm, I'm sure you're trying to go to school and, uh, yeah. and th that I guess you didn't know any different at that point no I didn't know no I just I, I didn't it was just what we did and it's like uh I had a I would say I had a non-typical kind of upbringing because we bounced around a lot and it was just it wasn't it just wasn't typical it was just but it was normal for me but it's why sometimes I get people, and look, I don't feel like I'm special in any way. I'm not doing anything special, really. I've just gone for things that I like, and I continue to keep going for it. And I and uh, it doesn't phase me to start again or to fail. I I learned. It took me a while to get up, to learn how to fail, but it doesn't bother me these things. And I think it's because it wasn't typical. Like some people, when they grow up in the same town and the same place, and they go to school and they get a job and then they work up the ladder, and it's a lot bigger deal for them to just all of a sudden say, I want to do something else. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. everyone around them is like, what? You know, it's not. But for me, it wasn't. It was just, it wasn't, it just wasn't typical. And I mean, I loved it. You know what I mean? It wasn't, I look back on it now and it's, uh, you know, I had to clean like, you know, 10 patients for about five years every morning. You know what I mean? And everyone I, yeah. I speak to about it, you're like, Jesus, like fair play for doing it. But you just had to do it. When you're in a position, sometimes you just have to do things. You know what I mean? I didn't have a choice. My twin brother wouldn't do it. My older brother wouldn't do it. So my mom was like, look, you've got the balls. I know you do. Just go ahead and do it. I need you on it. So just do it. So I did. So, yeah, I wouldn't even say it was that hard. It just wasn't. It was just the way it was. It yeah, just, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Definitely. And, and interesting you said about, you know, about doing these different things. Um, it's easier to say it with that language about failing. But do you consider, like, the different sections and, and the different um, – you know, stages of your life doing different industries, I'm assuming you don't actually see it as failure, do you? You can be honest about it if you do. Like, Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I do. I do. Okay. I, I, I do, yeah. I mean, it's uh, – it depends. Like, uh, look, w w with the band, you know, we, we know so many people that are in the creative and in the arts and all this kind of stuff, and it's a tough industry. You're constantly grinding, and, you know, when you're putting yourself out there on a creative level, like, it's – it's uh it's different than failing something else it's something that you created so it's even more personal yeah you know uh so for that not working but i said this recently when i was speaking to someone when the music failed i looked at it as me failing 
I looked at myself as a failure, right? I was like, surely that's so easy. It's so easy to do because you've got part of your identity, your emotions in the in the things you're creating. So it's really, it's like it's not easy to separate your work from your identity in that respect. Hundred percent. You 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 said it perfect there. It's identity. So that's your identity is what you're doing and that whatever that stage is in your life. So if that fails, you almost you just feel like you're the one that failed, and it's hard at the time. You need perspective. You need time. Like you can't see it right then, and I couldn't see it right then. I couldn't see that it wasn't me that failed. It was the project that failed. You know, it was the it was the it, you know. There's a million factors to why you know if you're acting or you're doing music or you're doing any of these things why they fail. It's it's everything. It's the connections you have. It's the timing. It's the it's a million things. Like it, it's not necessarily you that that failed. So I got that. I got over that. To be honest, it took me a while. Like. Mm. I, I went and lived in solitude in, in the middle of the mountains. I was doing quarantine and before it was quarantine and up in uh, You did it before it was cool. Yeah, I don't <laughs> even want to say that now. I don't even want to touch upon it because I'm in Mexico right now and like people are like, fuck you, you know? But no, no, no. I, yeah, I did. I, I, I did. I needed the time, as I said. I, I just, it, because it was such an emotional thing for me where I felt like such a failure. And it sounds very dramatic to say it. It does. Like, I get it because. No, but that's, that's how you felt at the time. So it. it it's not dramatic at all. Like you've, 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 you said you started when you were 11, you pinned your hopes and dreams on it and you've had not, you've had the courage to step and put yourself out there and do it and, and get very close to what you deemed as success, you know? So, uh, and then I'm not sure how it all ended and you can go into that. You don't have to go into it. It's completely up to you, but I'm definitely more interested in the part of, you know, making that decision to take yourself away from, from everyday life. How, how that was and you even mentioned other stuff that we you know there's loads to get through here you even mentioned you've got a twin brother and yeah. and your 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 differences and similarities there's two different questions there i don't know which one to go for first maybe maybe let's touch on your twin brother first yeah. so that we can we can we can move on for that and then go to your your journey of solitude and then how you came out of it the other side yeah well he looks more like you than me okay uh, people say he's the more handsome one, so take that as a compliment. Oh, handsome bastard, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was in the band with me, like oh, wow. for all, yeah, for all those years. Like we did everything together. Like this is the first time now these last four months that I haven't been with him since we were we were inside me mum. So like you know, I've been with him. I'm 34. I've been with him my whole life. We lived together. We lived. The band lived together. We we've done everything together. So that's another funny funny one. But you know. Uh, we're very different, very, very different, especially on our outlook with career and, and drive and everything else. And it's a funny one, you know, I often, because like, I'm always pushing myself. I'm trying to do something more. Like when, when the music failed, I'll get into that, what, how I got into that whole well-being space and everything else. And then I'm pushing myself, pushing myself. And sometimes I look at him and I, I think, God, I'd, I'd, it'd be amazing if you push yourself a bit more. He, he does a good job. He's okay, but he's just, he does the normal. Sometimes I think, you know what, I don't know who's doing it right, me or him, because he's happy most of the time. And the reality is, you know yourself, right? I think when you're pushing yourself, it's, it's either here or here, and it's not really mm-hmm. in the middle. So uh, we're different in that regards, but then we'd have a, a similar kind of outlook and, and personality like and stuff like this. But that's the twin brother, yeah. So, you know, I do. I love him and miss him. But um it is what it is, you know, right now. I'm, I'm also here not just for a holiday. It's the, the teams that we work with in the new business are all based on the East Coast yeah. of America and Canada. And it's, the time frame is it's the same. And it, it, I have to be over there to do some work. So it's not just a holiday for people. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no judgment whatsoever. I'm, I'm, as in, I'm, you know, it's just situational, isn't it? You, I, I don't think that holding bitterness serves anyone, you know, in that regard. Um, so you, do you do you do you feel like you you deal with things quite differently then, even though you've got so many similarities? Yeah, I, I take it to heart, fucking big time, and I, I I let it. This is how I got into the well-being space. Also, is I create a lot of stories in my head and let them manifest into something more until it causes a bit of a physical reaction. And I've done that for a lot of years. I, I don't know why I did that. I don't know how I did it, but I did it for a long, long time. Not only recently, in recent couple of years, have I really managed it, but no, he's he's a lot better at 
at letting things just, you know, it, it happens and it goes. And I think I definitely have created a lot of stories in my head. I, I've, I've definitely over, been an overthinker where I think a lot of people are. <clears throat> and I think that's just a habit. At this stage, I think it's a habit. I, I've yeah. done some CBT therapy and a few different things to try and manage it. And I really do think that it's just, okay, so you start overthinking. It could be anything, whatever that perceived worry is. And then the next day you think a bit more about it and you kind of keep going, keep going. You let your mind do that and you're never putting a, a wedge or a stop to it. So it keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. And over the years, then it's just something that you do. You're a, you're a person that thinks too much. You have to be able to recognize that you're doing that. And that's where mindfulness or breath work or meditation yeah. or something I mean, comes in. If you don't know any different, I guess that's really hard, isn't it? To have, to have that awareness. Yeah. If you just if you just think that's you and you think that's how you operate, then mm. so there's that the two different ways to look at it. What has it been? Do you feel like then with your brother that you can? Is there any filter between you, or is it some? Is it is it a person that you can just always be completely open with? You, you can, but it's a funny one with tweet. I don't know. I'm not sure, like with yourself or, or whatever, with siblings. But sometimes, when you're so close to someone, it's even harder to to uh, open up about how you're feeling. And I mean, we have for sure. You know, we're 34. We've been through the ringer on a lot of things, so we have. But I find it easier to to speak to a, a, a friend or our best friend or something like this. I think more. Okay. I think a lot of people are the same with that. I don't know why, but we're very, very, very close and. Um, yeah, I still would. I still feel like I could reach out to him, but maybe you're it's you're a bit more. You don't mind being more vulnerable around a friend or something. I don't know. It's a hard one to. Yeah, so I guess it is a different type of. I'm not sure what what the factors are in that, but that blood and family relation is is, is different to to a friend that you've you know you've you've chosen. It's, it's yeah. weird, isn't it? I, I do definitely get that. So, yeah. so let, I mean, I have an older brother as well. I have another one. I have an older brother. He's a sensible one. Okay, so, sensible. Which one are you then? If he's a sensible one, which one are you? Oh, fuck, I don't know. I'm a little shit, Elliot, to be honest. <laughs> but, like, i got a good heart. That's the way I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, I think that's very clear that that's coming through. Um, so yeah. tell me about your time in the mountains, sir. What, what, how did you yeah. make that decision? What was it like? Yeah, so I – okay, so I, moved, I, I, I – the band split, and it split. We, we, we were going down a path where I felt we were – kind of plateauing very much so and we had been got on we got on the radio a lot we'd you know we won numerous of these kind of awards for an unsigned band and you know we just did a lot we played like arenas on support tours of bands where there's 35,000 people and like we did all these things and it kind of was coming to a plateau where we kind of needed to there was a fork in the road where whether we wanted to maybe go to London try get a record deal because the labels really are in London or they're in New York and LA. I mean, there is independent labels elsewhere, but that's the main places. We had focused more on just touring and recording our own stuff and getting it out there and all this kind of jazz. And it just came to a part where we couldn't agree. And I just, I've been doing this since I was 11. Literally, I was playing like Battle of the Band competitions when I was 11. Like I got these little awards at home. I'd done it so much. I was just like, you know what? I don't know if I want to be, that's all I want to do. You know what I mean? And I just felt this overwhelming sense in my gut that like it would end up being like that. Maybe it wouldn't have. I don't know. I, do, I, I, I think about it a lot, whether or not I should have stick, stuck at it. But So as I said to you after, I felt that identity thing of just like, what am I now? Like a good way to describe it is, you know, if you go through, everyone's done it like a tough breakup. I mean, a fucking tough breakup where like that shit stings for a long time. The reason it stings is because You've had of all, all these dreams and, and all of these aspirations and plans together as a couple or whatever. And that's what your focus has been on for all that time. So when it's gone and you wake up the next day after something like you know, the, a project failing or a relationship, you just lost. You're like, oh, my God, it's a weird, horrible feeling. Like it's, you know, and that's what I had big time. And I just needed space. I didn't want to go back to Dublin. Yeah, man, it's making it's making me actually tear up, man. It's uh, yeah, yeah it's, the, the relationship things are it's a it's a it's tough the one. Way you're, the way you're explaining it, it really that's I think that's when I had my worst sort of identity crisis was you know the, it was the timing of taking all that away from what you what you'd look to in the future. You know all the all these you know you 
you can't help but set yourself out a path when you when you're in a in a situation. And then and then right. also, you know, the same time that happened, I also stepped away from from dancing and put had my identity in my career. You know, so both happening at the same time. It's just it, it you know it's helped. And they're not sad tears, you know. It's just nice to hear someone else explain how you felt. You know, that's that's why we do. That's why I try and do this because one, it's going to help me. Hopefully, it'll help you by going through your own journey. It was something we don't speak about a lot, you know. No. And then, and then also, anyone else that can can resonate um, to it. Sorry for I, I was I interrupted your flow. Then I was just getting a bit emotional, man. You didn't know what it didn't. It, listen, it's I love hearing that because it's like. Because if you don't talk about it, you do feel like it's only you doing it and you start to question even more. And the minute you, you see that other people have felt the same and have gone through the same stuff as you, then it, 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 I think it helps you learn from it. Now we both learned, okay, so it was shit, we weren't failures. It wasn't really the identity thing. It was just part of life. It was just a part of your journey and, uh, and everything else. And um, yeah, that was, well, that was basically it. So uh, and also another thing as well is that it's funny because, you know, all of those plans that you have in your mind when you're, so for you doing the dancing or whatever, whatever it was for me with the music, or even if it was someone in a relationship, like those plans and aspirations get you through the tough times in that, in your career, right? Like when you're, when you go to like auditions or when you're playing or when you're rehearsing or when you're sacrificing friends or when you're sacrificing relationships or whatever you're doing in order to try to get yourself further in that. All of those plans are the things that keep you ticking over because you're like, well, it's going to be worth it because I'm going to get this, this, and this. So then when it doesn't happen, it's like a double fucking punch to the head because it's like, not only do I not know what I want to do, but it's like, what, how, what do I, I have nothing ahead of me now. I have to restart. Mm. So what so did, I did was. Did you, learn, did you learn about the fixation of the reason why you wanted those goals as well? And maybe the, 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 uh, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe an unhealthy relationship with like external affirm, um, you know, gratification and stuff like that. When it comes to being a performer, hundred percent, hundred percent. Because it's it's even now like that. It, even now, that's all bullshit. This whole like, and we know this. It's so cliche to say it. Like the the well, once I get to hear of that happens, amazing. Like it just doesn't work that way at all. It doesn't work that way. Like I would, if I, when I first moved to London, if someone told me, you know what, in like five years' time, you'll be, you'll, you'll have a, a startup and you'll have investment and you'll be, you know, you'll be on a, on a salary and you'll be working abroad, you'll be working for yourself, you'll be running your own thing, and I'd be like, that's the dream come true. And I'm in it now. And don't get me wrong, it's, it's, I'm happy. I need to show gratitude, but it isn't. You don't think about all of the shit that comes along with it too, like all of the, the, the sleepless nights and you know the teams falling out and then this happening and this happening and everything else. It's like. So that whole gratification that you were saying is external. It's just not real. You know what I mean? And uh, in the band, for sure, I had that. It was like I could never really enjoy a lot of the stuff that we were doing because I was comparing myself. And that's another thing, the comparison, imposter syndrome. Fucking love that. It's another thing that, that plagued everything that I've done. So... I mean, I'm going. I'm totally going off track here now, Elliot. So no, bring me fine, back. Bring you back. Know, yeah, I will. I'll reel you in, man. But if these are really important um, points to touch on, especially if they come through your head, then you you have to get them out. Um, but I, I would love to know about um, one how you made the decision to spend time alone, and then what what you actually learned, and and how how you felt different as you stepped back into society. How long those effect, um, effects lasted. And do you still carry them with you now? Like, yeah, I'm sure I carry a lot of stuff with me now. To be fair, but like, uh, right. So what happened was, I went, I went back to me, 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 ma and dad's house. I had moved from Dublin, and I it was just after me, me, me birthday. It was in the summer, and I remember waking up just being like, "This is just one of the worst feelings I've ever had in my existence so far." You know, again, it was again like a relationship breaking up, whatever. Just everything. I couldn't go back to Dublin because I was embarrassed to to even go back into my friends and family and since i was 11 or 12 that's all people would know me by that's all they would say oh hey what's going on with the music what's going on with the band and as we got more and more on the radio they'd hear you they'd be always talking about it, like oh you guys are going to be big and you're like yeah we are going to be big and things are going to happen really great and you start to believe it and everything else so i was like i can't go back i'm so embarrassed what would i even say i could first off i couldn't admit that it failed i just would it was just crazy so 
I went online. I found an old lodge in the middle of the Wicklow Mountains, which is the Wicklow Mountains in Ireland. The only way I can describe it is if anyone's seen that movie, P.S. I Love You. I don't know. I mean, if it is an Ireland. I'm sure I've seen it. I know what movie it is. Yes, fair. Maybe. Listen, the birds love it. But anyway, so it's it's, <laughs> it's based in Wicklow. And it, that's exactly where it is. And it was in the middle of nowhere. I rang them up. I gave them a sob story saying like I needed a place to go and I didn't have that much money. So I wanted to see if I could work out a deal where I would like fix the house up and cut the grass and do all this. It was a big, huge plot of land there. And they, they agreed to do it after convincing and throwing on every bit of fucking charm or whatever I could throw at them. And then I, I stayed there for a year. So I stayed in that lodge and I left like three times in the whole year. Wow. Yeah, and uh, so, so initially was it? Did it start as escapism? Then you needed to get yeah. out. Well, just because I was like, I can't go back to Dublin again. It just sounds even for me. It sounds so dramatic to say it. <laughs> I know yeah. if my family or friend or someone listens to this, they'd be like, "You're fucking drama, like you're drama queen here." You know what I mean? There's things going on in the world, but it doesn't take away from how you felt. No, no, of course. I've not. had. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. Like it's a stressor is a stressor. It doesn't matter what's causing it, you're still feeling that, right? But to a degree. But anyway, that's what I felt. So I just couldn't go anywhere. And I just thought, well, this would be a good time. I know I, I knew I needed time to get over that whole failing and, and, and the thing with the music. And then that I started to realize then, okay, you know, it is what it is. That's, it's, not, it's not me that failed. It was the project. And I started to get over it. And then I started to think about what could I do next and how could I fill the void in my head not the void, the space in my head that all those thoughts were going in. How could I put new stuff in there? Yeah, that's a nice way to think of it. And, and like stuff that's going to bring you motivation and, you know, creativity yeah. and all the things that you want to be doing and not ruminating over the past stuff. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's and that's when I was like, I, I'd been doing breath work for maybe two or three years myself then. So I was really, bit. I was like, I loved like that whole, like, holistic well-being side of things even though as i said it's such a funny mix to be in a rock band the drugs the sex the drink everything else and then breath work on the side it's just <laughs> yeah. paradoxical, right but that's the way it was like that's what i was into and i used it for sleep because i had big issues with sleep for years years prior just terrible i couldn't get to sleep couldn't stay asleep and and breath work i'd done everything natural prescription even a sleep therapist and nothing was working and, and, and doing these breathing exercises worked. It lowered my heart rate and, and it just got it to work for me. So I was always fascinated with that, but I didn't know how I could pair that into any sort of like earning money or whatever else. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was into fitness and martial arts. So I just thought, you know what, let's just see what happens when I get to London. And I would just get into that space. And, and that's what I spent that year there. I still wrote some music when I was there, to be fair. Like I still had a couple of friends that would come up and, and, and we, we did music and did, did different things. And my brother stayed with me. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a beautiful, I'll send you photos after this. It's just a, it's just a dream place to be. And I'm, I'm so grateful that I got to spend time in, in, a, pla- in a place like that, in, in that part of my life. So yeah, I had that vision then going to London. At the time I was going out with a girl from London, believe it or not. We, do, we were doing long distance, and I was like, well, fuck it, you know. London's a big place, a lot of opportunities, so that's what happened. Amazing, man. So, what, so now, you know, you, you obviously, you're doing what you're doing now. Um, a question that I like to ask people on mental health when they come on, and I think it's, it's pretty apparent, like, with all the, all the things that you've said, um, but I, I like to ask the question anyway, to hear it from your, from your mouth, is um, the word, like, passion means something you're willing to sacrifice for. Um, what, what would you say now, as you sit there today in Mexico, what are your, um, what, what are Nabil's passions? What's he passionate about? Outside of like tacos, like which <laughs> I'm just, I, I mean, I, I'm just fucking devouring tacos here. Uh, you know what it is? It's, it's a good question. And, and during this time of quarantine and this, weird world and you know i mean I, I was in london for the majority of it right it's only the last few months since before christmas that i all of this happened but uh, honestly it's just having a complete day from start to finish of 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 me enjoying that day and again i don't want to rub it in people's faces because it's people can't do this stuff back home but um they will soon and things will get back to normal soon but it's 
it's getting up early, getting sunshine on my face, it training, uh, you know, finding a good workspace and and working and getting getting like my that project, working on that project, working on things myself, and getting to an MMA gym in the evening, getting some tacos, and then going for a bit of a swim. Now that still sounds like a lot. People back home are like, "Well, fuck you! I can't even do one of those things." But that is my passion because, you know. I'm sick of cha- of trying to chase something that's like, well, when I get that, everything's going to be good. And when I get this, and I'll just keep working and not socializing. And I'll just keep locking myself in and, and, and doing all of this and until because it just doesn't work that way. And life mm. is going to go before you know it. Like, it's going to it'll be gone. So you'd say you're, you're passionate about, like, um, creating a routine, simplicity in it and gratitude in it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, being happy with it. Being happy with that, like that's simple. Like I'm happy with that. That that's a very simple thing to have. But being happy with it, yeah. What what else? Like, what are you gonna say? Life's life's about balance, right? I always think that, uh, yeah. in my opinion, it's like t- turning down that aggressive, reaching hand to like always look for something better. Always, you know, external things that are gonna make yeah. you feel good. So it's it's about having, um, being content where you are and then also looking for growth i think growth is a better word isn't it it's like it is yeah when it's learning you're learning more skills and you 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 see you find that um in the progress you know whether it's in your own mindset it's just like day by day and then then all the other stuff i think hopefully will come with it if you're doing the right things yeah i i agree 100 percent. i think it's that's a brilliant way to put it growth because See, anything else is not going to, I just don't think it's going to work. It just, it, it just doesn't because not to get too like woo woo on it, but happiness really does come from within, right? It's like, it's your choice whether or not you're happy or not. If you're relying on an external factor, typically that factor, once it, once you do reach it, isn't going to be what you had in your head because it was, it was only an expectation of something you think is going to happen anyway. Uh, it's, with age, yeah. This helps anyway, but I do. I think it's growth. Yeah. So it's that. I mean, I'm still, listen, I still get enjoy. I need, like yourself, the reason why you're doing all of this stuff right now, the reason why you started this up during the lockdown, the reason why you put so much effort and work into doing this is because you need that focus, right? You need something more. Like mm-hmm. you're not content just kind of sitting out or whatever. Because why else are you doing this? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good question, but um, I've always been really transparent about. Um, my sort of my motives behind mental health is in obviously I want to I believe in openness I believe in uh, that hard conversation difficult conversations are going to give us growth and safe spaces are important but you know like there's no there's no need for me to to spread that I just think that it can one it can help other people but it helps me it's an efficient way for me to learn as well speaking to lots of people I can learn about them I can learn about myself and I, f- I feel good if, if something that I'm doing is, you know, has good intention. And, it, and if it's, you know, helping one person, I'm sure our chat has definitely helped me so far. And if it's helped you, that's two people. If it helps yeah, one other yeah. person that's been through, you know, that's, that's enough for me. So, and it makes me feel good. Like, I, I feel like there's sometimes there's undue pressure to try and be selfless in life. And I, I, I don't, I don't believe in that. Like we, we have, my opinion is that, you know, we have preservation uh, instincts and we have, you know, all these instincts and we, we have to, we think about ourselves a lot and we look after ourselves a lot and there's nothing, no shame in saying that, I don't think. No, but you have to be fucking, you have to be a bit selfish though. Otherwise you get nothing done. You know what I mean? You have to be, you have to be selfish, especially if you're trying to do something more, you have to be selfish. I was saying this Recently, like it's it's something where you need to find a balance to it too. When I first got to London, like I while I was you know doing like personal training and all this stuff, I was trying to set up passive incomes on the side. And I know you've got you've got a load of you've got your hands in all the pies as well, right? So you're doing a lot of other things too with property and everything else. It's like, but you can't you can't do that and then go out every night with everyone and say yes to doing this and then put all your time into even relationships and stuff like this like there's a there's a balance that i didn't i hadn't found anyway to get it right but ultimately you do have to be a bit selfish and i just think it's just inherent in us this whole always being selfless all the time i just don't think it's what human yeah 
reality is. Like you, you can, you know, there's a balance, and you can get that right. But we are a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I always try and make. It's been like the past year or eighteen months. Um, I try and make decisions that are based on my schedule and my time. Like I've always been self-employed, but I try and make make all the decisions something that if I'm going to be doing it, that I really believe in it. If I'm going to take something on, it works for my schedule and knowing that, like, learn about myself and know what I need. And you know, I know that I I'm not a very good morning person. Like I've learned that about myself, and and just like you said about habitual overthinking, maybe it's just a habit that I have. You know, like I don't know if you're a believer that everyone can be a morning person or not. I don't know, but I don't feel good in the morning. I get all my creativity, all my energy in the evening. So I've accepted that about myself. I don't accept work that's in the mornings. I don't think I'm going to give my best version of myself. So I do lunchtime. Say I'm teaching, for example, spin stuff. I do lunch times and evenings. I, I like, and I, I create those, and I know that I'm going to hopefully get to train in between. I'll, I'll do it. So I'll take on the, the the work on the days that I want to train, and you know, what I mean, stuff like that, so I can compact it. And and that has been working really well for me, as in making schedule and time based decisions to and to free up my time. You know, to be efficient with it because that's what, yeah. that's the one currency that we have. Yeah, I well, two things I've noticed. One, I'm staring at the laptop. You're staring at the phone. So if people, it looks like we're probably looking fucking away from each other, but we're not. I'm looking into your beautiful eyes. We're, but it's just as it two things here. Two, the the morning person thinks a funny thing, right? Because it's I'm the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. I'm the exact opposite. I'm only creative and alert and everything in the morning. I don't know why that is, right? It, it shifted as well, though. I was I wasn't always like that, but it shifted now, and I'm actually useless in the evening. I'm not good at creative stuff. And my business partner is the opposite, but she's more creative than me. So it's a nightmare in that sense to try to get it right. But who the fuck? Who, why is there like I think there's a there's a bit of a connotation like the morning one's the better one, right? And the night owl yeah, is this yeah, yeah, yeah. which is bullshit also. Um it's just what we're deeming to be what normal or whatever people want to say is normal. But um yeah, no, I uh I got, I got, I got lost. I, I got, I was just focusing on looking at you and the screen, and in the morning and evening, that I lost the actual good point that you were making here. <laughs> no, I was just, just scheduling and time, basically. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah, it's as you said, picking and choosing, scheduling your time, really knowing what to put your effort in in terms of friends and social and everything like that, but also making sure that you're putting in the graft and the work so you can grow, like you said, and so you can feel that desire because that's what we have like i get a lot of happiness out of finishing a bit of my project like you know i'm sure you do too if you put out one of these or you you know you're making way with people or you get a good guest on or 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 something like this it's like you're like you feel satisfied right you get like a satisfaction yeah and then uh, then uh, then the 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 inverse of that also you know like yeah satisfaction if, if you feel like something is not what you believe in or it's not as good as you hoped, you know? So definitely I get that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. But again, that's a, I think it's a, it's a learning game and, and uh, it, I'm sure there's a, there's a balance there with that. But, you know, I remember, as I said, when I first went to London, I was trying so many different things. I literally locked myself away in my room while I, I tried to create this business, an online business where I was creating and making products from China and shipping them across to different Amazon warehouses and all this kind of stuff. I created this business. Um, and I just spent six months in my room learning how to do ad campaigns on YouTube. I didn't <laughs> leave. You know, I neglected everyone. So it's like, I can't do that. You know what I mean? You have to work in sprints, in bursts. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just check in with yourself and, 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 and is, it, is what I'm doing actually, you know, helping towards where I want to be. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I get, I'm guessing a big tool um, which you've touched on for you doing that is, is breath work. Let's, let's talk a little bit about um, how, why you believe in it so much, what you, what you felt the benefits are, what the, and I'm sure there's like scientifically proven benefits and all sorts of things yeah. that you can probably educate us on, man. So please do if you can. Yeah. So, okay. I got into it because of the sleep, like I mentioned earlier. So mm-hmm. I tried a lot of different things and I read about, breathing and different exercises that can 
affect your nervous system. So essentially, it can actually just get your nervous system to switch over to the side that's called parasympathetic, which is the rest and digest side of your nervous system. So I read that and I thought, all right, sounds a bit woo-woo, but whatever, like, give it a go. And it, and it worked. As I was doing it, as I was exhaling, when you exhale, um, your heart rate goes down. So I was like, okay, this is working. The heart rate's going down. And then I thought, well, this is enough for me to give it a bit more, uh, you know, uh, attention or more focus because I felt it working. And then I started reading more about it and how it really was intrinsically linked to your body on nearly every level. Like uh, if you're feeling anxious or stressed or excited or angry or calm or sexually aroused or you name it, your breathing rate is linked to that. And it's also linked to uh, the opposite side to your nervous system, the, the sympathetic, the fight or flight response. So you can willfully get yourself into that. You can get adrenaline released around your body, similar to like the Wim Hof method, which I can talk about later. And that has its benefits also, but it's just a different style of breath work. So I was just fascinated with it. And I never thought I would do anything with it. I just did it every night. Like I would religiously do it, even if it was on the beer. I'd still do it, you know what I mean? <laughs> so what just, what technique would you use for 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 sleeping? Can, can yeah, you do it as quickly or yeah, yeah, of course I can. I mean, we have we, with our with our business where we're, we're doing an app, we're doing like so much things. So we have a full protocol in that. So I'll give you like the bones of it because the yeah, yeah, don't give us too don't give us too much free info. Make sure you get no. It's app. Like, I can listen, it's not even that. people people have eyes. They can Google stuff. So it says I have a specific method that I do. It's like a okay. full part method which is we're putting into that because it really does work. But in general, when you're going to sleep, look, there's a lot of things that affect sleep. It, it starts when you wake up in the morning. So and how much light, sunlight you get determines how much your body can produce melatonin later on in the day, how much like blue light you're looking at, screens, everything else later on in the day determines whether or not how much of a good sleep you're going to get. Your diet, your food, like there's a million things. But let's just say you've had a normal day and you're going to bed and you're finding it hard to sleep. Typically, you need to get your heart rate lower, okay? And you need to narrow your thought process because usually the reason why you can't sleep is because you're in a racing mind or your body's just fucking wired. It's one or the other, typically both. And for me, it happened with both all the time, all the time, no matter what. The minute I put my head down, let's go to work, boys, just fucking everything goes crazy. So... <laughs> You need to, you need to, uh, you need to lower your heart rate and focus the mind. So a very simple way is, as I said, when you exhale, your heart rate goes down. When you inhale, your heart rate goes up. So just do double breathing. So you can do in for four seconds, out for eight, in for five, out for ten, whatever you want, whatever you're comfortable with. Like I won't go into all the technical yeah. aspects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today, but that just makes it simple maths. You you want to be doing yeah. exhaling for longer. Then you, then yeah. yeah, and you want to be doing diet. Listen, the basic principles of any breath work is diaphragmatic breathing. You're breathing through the through your belly. There's a reason there. You got a diaphragm there. Diaphragm moves down as you inhale. Your lungs expand. You get all the air in there. Like that's the way we should breathe. You, sh you shouldn't be doing upper chest kind of breathing. So people can practice that just by putting their hand on the belly and just getting used to the diaphragm moving. Um, Diaphragmatic breathing, keeping it through the nose. You can blow out through the mouth if you want, but I like keeping it through the nose. It keeps it more relaxed and and that works for me. So a simple double exhale. And I would do that five minutes. I'd mess around with it. I'd do different techniques. I would, I would, you know, I would, I would try to extend it for a long period of time and everything else. But your heart rate will go down. You can check your pulse. You can find it. Just do that for three, four minutes. Your heart rate will go down. Now, interestingly, even if your heart rate goes down, but you think about your ex-misses or whatever's causing you fucking stress, your heart rate will go back up from what you're thinking in your mind. Because yeah. That's what. That's how your, uh, you know, your, your 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 fight or flight response works. Is you perceive some sort of threat, sends a signal down to the body, releases all those stress hormones. So even if you're physically getting your heart rate down, any but you're still thinking a lot of thoughts, you need to control that too. So very simple way of doing that's a body scan, or you know, putting your attention on something, or mindfulness, or whatever technique that you want to use. Like I, I never got into big meditation because there's a lot of different meditations and. I found breath work quite early on, and that's what I use, and I couple it with different things like mindfulness and everything else. But try and narrow your thought process. So like a body scan or something like this will work. So the combination of the two works a treat, but like anything, you need to practice it and keep going at it. So 
I went on a massive thing there with that. I'll reel it back in. No, no, no. That was that was really good information, man. Um, okay. And, and when you mean by body scan, you mean as in like going from head to toe and thinking about how your body feels, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to build up that connection with anyone that's done yoga or anything like this, they'll know anyway. But try try building that connection with your uh, – you might start off in your feet or your head or whatever. Just try to get that – can you feel a tension? Can you feel a tingle? Can you feel whatever? It's just narrowing your thoughts down um, because you have to focus on that. So it requires you having focus. So it's hard to think about the job, the thing in the morning, you know, the argument you had, all that stuff. If you're really focusing on feeling attention in the back of your head. So again, this takes practice. Like nothing's fucking a, a, a fix for all for anything. Like, no. it's, you know what I mean? You have to practice it and you have to see what works for you. So, but that, that would be the body scan. Yeah. Narrowing the focus. To me, that's for everything in terms of if you want to calm down, it's now your thought process and, and lower the heart rate. So to me, breath work was just scientifically proven and worked for me. And so that's how I kept doing it. So, so how I got to it now <clears throat> was when I started doing personal training in London, uh, I like the fitness side of things, but it's not my passion. I like martial arts more. Uh, like I've competed in jiu-jitsu and, and Muay Thai and uh, I loved breath work. So I would just throw it in at clients. I'm like, you could do it learning some breath work. You know? And luckily, it's such a buzzword that people are like, yeah, I could really use it, like, but I don't know what it is. So I started just to te teach more people. And then I started to get clients doing just that. I was doing some workshops. I was working with a health and well-being corporate business in London also. I was doing some workshops. Uh, I was doing this for a couple of years, a few years. That's probably when I started to get to another space to meet you boys. I was, I, I was coaching there. Um, and yeah, I just kind of kept on doing this in the background. And during the start of COVID, uh, myself and the partner in the business had the idea to see if we can make this online thing and, 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 and how could we bring this and make this accessible to people? Because I felt like there was the yoga side of breath work or there was a sports science side to it. Sports science being too technical, it would lose people. The yoga being, it might lose people if if you're not into yoga. Um, if you're not, you know, spiritual based, and you hear like a chakra being said, that might not resonate with you. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm such a down to earth, real kind of like you get what you see kind of guy. I was just like, well, fuck. If it, if it works for me, it'll work for everyone. So yeah, we wanted to make it simpl simplified. It's obviously all all based from a, a scientific point of view, and, and all the techniques are there, but it's just cutting the bullshit making it accessible and and so so everyone can get involved with it and it's less overwhelming is that exactly that? yeah yeah exactly that was the, that was the idea behind it and like I, I was teaching like you know a 30 30 mid 30s kind of you know woman with, with regular job who had terrible anxiety i was coaching her also was coaching like darren stewart who's a, a ufc fights in the ufc and giving him tips and tricks to how he can control his breath and how he can do kind of focus-based performance breathing too. So it was like, fucking hell, this works for the spectrum is unbelievable here of, of who can benefit from it. So that's what we, we, we had the idea to make it accessible. And now we're at the very begin, beginning of this to create an app that integrates at wearables, to create a website, a subscription program, a corporate platform. So it's, there's a lot involved in the business that we're trying to do. Uh, very, very early stage. So, you know, that's the other part of the journey. We'll see how that kind of comes to play but that to, to from when i finished the band i was loving breath work to teaching it in london and going through all those stages that's how i kind of got to here and mm. like everything if i have an idea for something like i'm gonna try think of how to make it bigger or try to you know see where that yeah. feeling is um and so, do you, are you I, how confident are you that breath work will be a consistent part of your life until the day you die oh 100 percent, 100 percent, because it's yeah, it just it's I'm it's just part of my routine now. That's just what I do. I do it every single day. And I'm so used to doing it. It helps on so many levels. Like I told you about overthinking before. Don't get me wrong. I still have moments of me being in that bed there at 2 a.m. fucking stressing out my head it happens, but I can control it a lot better. Um you have that thought process or whatever that goes through your head, that perceived threat, that anxiety, that worry about whatever's going on, right? Usually it's not there. And then you have the second reaction, how, what you're telling yourself about what that thought is. So, mm. you know, let's say it's an argument. Okay. You had the initial argument that caused you that stress. 
And then you're thinking about all of the different things that go along with it. Like, oh, do they think about this about me or how will this happen or what will happen when I see them next or whatever you're thinking. And that causes you to stay in that fight or flight response where your body's just getting fucked constantly from these stress hormones. You need a wedge in between the initial thought because that'll never go away. You're never going to not be anxious. It's part of human nature. You're never not going to have that stress, but you can control the reaction to it. So for me, breath work was just a wedge in between. Something would happen. Um, for example, like I've got Crohn's disease, so I would have flare-ups a lot, and then that would cause a lot of pain, and then it would lead me to start thinking down like the victim fucking mentality and everything else. So doing that breath work right in the middle would be a way just to stop those thoughts from going even more. It might be a mindfulness or a body scan or whatever it is. And then I've at least limited those amounts of fucking crazy thoughts, and I've been able to move on. So I use it all the time. And I, I spat a lot at you right there. So good luck. No, 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 no. It's, it's amazing, man. And, you know, I'm assuming that ironically, that it's helped with the Crohn's as well, because of, um, to my, to my knowledge, that some of the, the drugs, if you do take them for Crohn's, mm. can compromise your autoimmune system. And I yeah, know yeah, yeah. breath work has, you know, so how have you dealt with that, the improvement, and then maybe, you know, was there ever a worry that you were in a high risk group when it comes to COVID and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I did. There definitely was initially there was initially look the first three months or something of COVID. I think everyone was like, what the fuck is happening here? You know what I mean? Whether or not what your view is on it, I don't know, but I was certainly like, I really thought, well, my immune system's already a bit compromised because Crohn's disease being a, a, a disease that, um, it creates inflammation through your digestive tract and your body's fighting itself all the time and your immune system is compromised. So I, I had many years of trialing, er, trial and error with food and everything else that I could, you know, and there's also external factors like stress can cause you to have a flare-up too. Yes. But yeah, I mean, breathwork, I was talking a lot about the parasympathetic side to breathing. So I was talking about calming the nervous system down. A lot of people talk about Wim Hof. The Wim Hof, Wim Hof, Wim Hof, right? That, that's what the, when you think of breathwork, you think of Wim Hof. Wim Hof actually gets you to do the opposite. He gets you to, to, to put your body into sympathetic, into fight or flight. The reason being is he, he wants the adrenaline release because his whole thing is cold therapy. That's, he's the Iceman. So getting that body into sympathetic and then getting into the cold, your body can, can get through that cold a lot more, a lot easier. When it's, when it's in that sympathetic. And then you get all the benefits of the cold therapy, which is there's numerous benefits to cold therapy. Also, you just talked about accessing your, your autonomic nervous system or improving your immune system. When you activate that sympathetic, I don't want to go too detailed here and lose people, but when you, when you activate the sympathetic, the fight or flight, you actually get a very short-term boost in your immune system, anti-inflammatories, different things like this. So it does a really good place for upregulating the system. As, uh, I'm all about downregulating, but there is a good place for upregulating the system too. Um, you just need to learn both and understand both and realize that you've got control over both. If you've never done it before, I wouldn't say just learn the upregulating because you're not going to be able to control your, your anxiety or stress or anything like this, I, I think. So I've used both. If I'm starting to overthink a lot of different things, I'll try to calm myself down with the, with the, with the, the, the uh, more down-regulating. And then if I need a bit of a boost or I feel like I want to try uh, up-regulate my system, I'll do the, the, the Wim Hof. So, yeah, it's helped, on, it's helped big time with, with Crohn's disease, but it's helped mostly on the mental side. Yeah, so amazing. And, and you also have seen before um, some of the benefits of, you know, whether it's practical or not. I was going to say practical, but not everyone needs to be able to hold their breath for a long time. But yeah. these these some of the things that you've been progressing and, and doing, yeah. uh, and I've seen that you can hold your breath for a crazy amount of time. Yeah, I mean, you know what? In the cool, industry, right? I, I can't, I can't, but I can hold it for. I wouldn't say it's crazy. I think I can do it for like Compar comparatively to to the average person, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe like this. Again, my partner in the business is a diver, professional diver. So divers, free divers, can hold their breaths six, seven, eight minutes. You know what I mean? Like crazy time. So mine's only about four and a half minutes. So it's not, it's not that much but it is that's not my focus but breath holding has its has its own set of benefits it's you know it's it's a great resilience uh protocol because when you hold your breath what happens is you got your oxygen levels and your co2 levels here 
So what happens is your oxygen levels go down and your CO2 levels go up. And the CO2 is the thing that makes kicks your stomach to breathe, to build up with CO2. So your oxygen is going down, CO2 is going up. You can keep going because your oxygen levels are still fine. You can go for four or five minutes if you're healthy. But can you deal with the, the, the contractions and the build up of CO2? You have to fight through that. It's a f- disgusting feeling. It's one of the worst feelings in the world, needing to breathe like that. It's horrible. You'll do anything to get out of it. So there's a lot of resilience in there to learn, okay, you know what? Fuck it. Just relax, relax, relax. I'm good. I can get through this. So we approach breath holding in our program as a resilience training. Obviously, you're expanding your lung, your lung capacity, everything like this, but we use it as more of a, of a resilience to, to train. And you don't have to hold it for crazy long periods of time. It's not a, a big, big contest here. And unless you're dry, uh, diving, maybe you might want to do, uh, you know, really focus on that. But it's a great resilience tool just to go beat your time a little bit more than you did the day before. So especially when you learn the science behind it and, and learn that you're, uh, you're fine. You know, if you practice it somewhere safe, you're fine. Are there, any, are there any dangers involved with that sort of thing or not? If you do hyperventilation, yeah. So if you do Wim Hof and try to hold your breath, it would be because this is very technical. I don't want to really probably too technical. But when you hyperventilate the Wim Hof method, you're just getting rid of a lot of CO2. So that's the messenger, like I told you, in order to breathe. So your CO2 levels start down here. So what happens is you, you, do the, you hyperventilate and then you get rid of the CO2. And then you hold your breath, so your oxygen levels go down. But that, that urge to breathe isn't there because the CO2 is not built up right yet. It's just slowly yeah, yeah. starting to build. So if you were to do that and then go dive, you could go, oxygen can go down before you get the urge, and then you pass. And many people have done that. They've done that, and they've passed out and died diving because they do hyperventilation. And it's, it's one of the main things that if you dive, free dive. Like, I've done free diving a few times. I'm not good. I'm not going to pretend that I'm good, but, like, I've done it. You're never meant to do hyperventilating. It's not the, the controlled way to learn breath holding. You need to do slow, steady, double breathing, get your heart rate down, and naturally build up your tolerance to the CO2 being built up. So that's the danger in if you hyperventilate. Um, but they do short breath holds also, which there's benefits to it, but you just need to do it in a controlled environment. So lying down on the couch. Yeah, underwater. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, again, it's a complicated subject. Breath holding. It's like it, you know. I think I think it. you've I think you've communicated it in a really um, simplistic way. You know, those two those two levels. So um, yeah. I've never really heard of it like that before, and it makes a hell of a lot of sense because I, I have tried the the Wim Hof stuff, and it's very interesting to see the the, the response of your own body, um, and and what it can do, but. Uh, it's, it's also really menace, the Wim Hof and that style of, sorry to cut across you, but that style of breathing, holotropic, it's done in yoga a lot. Like people think that it's, that's been done in yoga for thousands of years, that style of holotropic kundalini even breathing. Like that's been done as a meditative practice because you're getting rid of so much CO2, you actually start to get tingles in, in, in your head, in the body a bit. And that's, that's a lack of oxygen because you're getting rid of so much CO2, you need CO2 in order to bind, to release oxygen. So again, I don't want to get too nerdy, but, but I'm not saying it's very bad. That's, I've, I did it this morning. This morning I did Wim Hof because I just felt I was, I, was, I was just a bit, I don't know, I needed a bit of a boost, a bit of, of just to get out of my head a little bit more. So I did it. And um, it's a meditative practice too, because it feels, you know, it's a, it's a, and you can't, you can't put a – if something makes your mind stronger, like it's, it's hard to – what am I trying to say? It's hard to uh, put a price on that or whether or not it's good or not because your mind is everything. So even though technically in the body it might not be the best for oxygen levels and different things like that, but if you're getting a mental benefit from this, especially in a group setting like they do in yoga, I think there's a massive benefit to that. And there's, a, and there's comparatively, again – there's a lot of worse things you can do with your body, isn't there? So, <laughs> fucking hell, I've done them all, son. I continue to do them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I have one final question for you before we leave. We're, we're almost at the hour mark, Nabil. So, thank you for spending so much time with us. Um, just one that I'd like to ask, just to normalize it, really, especially when we're speaking to other blogs, is um, I just would like to ask you the last time you cried was. Oh, fucking hell. See, now my ego has jumped right out of my body here. That's, that's amazing, though, that you can, you've got awareness of that, right, straight away. Oh, I'll, listen, 
I'm very self-aware of my fault, to a, to a fault. My ego's jumped out of that there, yeah. Uh, Why do you think maybe, that is? I don't know. Because I, maybe because I'm in a family of like, three, you know, four, three boys and a, and, a, and, a, and a dad and it's all men. And I mean, ma is as hard as a fucking nail. So it's like, maybe there's a bit like, bit of that. Um, a little bit of social conditioning that it potentially yeah, is, is, is a weakness. Yeah, it is. It's not a good thing. Like I'm not saying it, it's not. This is not a good thing at all. I, it's it, you. It, you would let go of so much bollocks you have in your body if you did it more often. Um, so I'm just trying to think now. When was the 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 last time? Uh, I think it was uh, maybe about a year and a half ago, or, or two years ago. I think it's a long it's time ago. I nearly yeah. cried about uh, t- uh, about half an hour ago when you were speaking. <laughs> and you, yeah. Um, oh, really you know what? Off. Actually, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, this is what's in my mind that I know. I can, I remember it. I remember it in my mind. Uh, maybe about two years ago. I'm sure there might have been so- something in between, but it's not. Yeah, it's terrible. It's not. I. You should do it more. I don't know what that is. It's a real macho fucking old school. Do you think that comes a little bit with, um, you know, some of your uh, interests, you know, MMA and stuff like that is quite a, uh, do you think yeah, that is something? No, maybe, I, I, I understand where you, where you would, you would kind of see that because, you know, there's, there's a lot of machismo and, and shit like this that goes on with that, but not really. Like I know there's a lot of the fighters I know, like I'm thinking of my best friend, Shane O'Neill, who was a European Muay Thai fighter, uh, Muay Thai champion, like, you know, He's a little girl. That sounds terrible. Like I said, he's a little girl. But he, ha- what I mean is he's in touch with his emotions so much for a killer who could just, you know, could destroy everyone. He's very in touch with his emotions in a really good way. Like, you know what I mean? He's, he's like, yeah. so that's a bit of a paradox too because you would think someone who's so like this. So I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know what it is. I think it's more that I, I just, it, it's, I'm a very big believer in your product of your environment a bit, how yeah. I grew yeah, up of course, of course. and being around my dad is this big kind of quiet guy who's not really emotional at all. And he's had, you know, a whole... Do you, do you think he's not emotional or do you think he doesn't show his emotions? He doesn't show it. Yeah, probably doesn't show it. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's had another, you know, he, his whole family has pretty much died before his eyes in Iraq over the last 20 years, you know, oh, no, yeah. throughout wars and in the 80s, the late 80s and 90s, he could never go back. It's like, so... and. I think that's just conditioned him even more. It just doesn't show it. My mom is like, again, she's the, she's the, the, the master of the family. So she just has to get on with it. And she, you know, uh, workhorse. And then you got three boys. So I think a lot of it's that product of the environment. I didn't, I didn't have sisters. I didn't have, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, so, think, I think, I think um, we've got a lot to learn when it comes to being transparent with our emotions. The women tend to be so much better at it. And therefore, Oh yeah, seem, seem to have a less of a a build up as it were sometimes. Just generalizing, of course, but I no no no. But it's it's a, it's a proper general. I, they get. I I feel like women can get over things better than guys. I think guys it sticks with them because women they have that support network between friends where they're, they're allowed to cry and get it all out there and do all that. When it looks like the guys are just getting along with things and they're fine, but. Their mental anguish is probably going on behind yeah, their head. Not always the case. Not always the case. Not always the case. No, but yeah. Look, and you know what's funny? I'd be considered the most emotional and sensitive in my whole family. Yeah. So, can you, so that yeah. just goes to show you how unemotional probably the rest of the family are. That if I'm the one that's the most emotional and sensitive, who talks mm-hmm. about their feelings a lot. Uh, but yeah, it's been a while, man. I might just have a little one after this when the cameras are off, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Message me if you do. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a, definitely a good yeah, thing. Um, not maybe. to spring, not to spring that on you, but you know, that's a, it's, it's one of the, probably the best response I've had. You know, the honesty and and the, and the conversation that came from it. So, so thank yeah. you for that, Nabil, and uh, thank you for your time. If there's any last words you want to say about what what should we should we be looking for when it comes to the breathwork app or anything like that? Um, and then I will love you and leave you, my man. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, again, right now, it's very early days. We have a 
social media account. It's called Superhumans Org. It's if you look at my page, it's Nabil.lnd. You'll find it through there. But we're not, you know, we got that running a while ago. But it's it's we're building the product right now. It's going to take time. It's going to be a few more months before we even kind of get out the initial offering. So it's an early stage startup. But if you if you yeah check out my page, uh, you yeah. can keep, keep tabs on Nabil. Make sure you follow him. So then you you're in the loop for when it when it comes yeah. Out. Yeah, and uh, and just thanks to you for this. Uh, I've seen you do this with people, and weirdly enough, like I'd be like, "Fuck, I, I'd love to have a chat about this stuff," but I just, I don't know why I felt like, "Oh, maybe I'm not." I, I don't know. You, you play funny games in your head. I'm like, "Oh, maybe I'm not interested enough, or maybe I'm not emotional enough, or something for it." And no, like, I, I got a lot out of this with, 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 with you. Like, I really did. Um, I think like you, you do have a lot to offer here and I'm learning from you even when you're talking um, and you've even just some of the stuff that we've talked about you've kind of like the growth thing I, I was never really looking at that I was I was thinking more all these external different things and it, so I'm learning a lot from it so I really appreciate it and it was a random little thing and, and uh, it was great I'd, I'd love to get on again sometime and you know hammer out another subject or something for sure, man. Thank, thank you. Um, it means it means a lot, and um, no, everyone. I, I don't see it like that. I think that everyone's got their own story. You know, if you take the time, it's not about being emotional. It's not about not being emotional. You know, it's not about that. It's about the the, the things that I love when I have my guests on is just trying to have the most you know, courage and vulnerability to be open and be themselves. And, I, and I've got nothing but that from you. So I really appreciate it. Well, I feel a lot. I feel not that I was having a bad day, but I do feel a lot better. It was really nice to have that conversation. So I appreciate it. Join us at Mental Health, exploring how openness can lead to progress.